Hey guys, can you hear me? Hi there, welcome. Hi, I'm the one expressing as Nimesh. So first I wanted to just express a lot of gratitude for the interactions that, uh, that you know, all the videos that you put out and some of the interactions we've had uh, gave me a lot to work on. And this, one of the things that I'm kind of working through the concept of oneness, right? And I think we all understand it as a concept. Mm -hmm. So I had a small experience or contrast, uh, two experiences, and then just get your take on that. So I was watching one of your mind, mind videos, I think number 37, right? experiencing your true nature. And, you know, outside my window, I saw a spider, right? Just, so I was just contemplating and just thinking through it. And then suddenly there was this, feeling of absolute expansion it's like that burst mm. burstiness you can't really describe it right but oh my, small spider doing its thing right but it's just beautiful like you can't describe that feeling again it's ecstatic uh, it was it came out of nowhere right out of the blue i was there and then the mind did its thing and you're back to your routine thing mm -hmm. and and then this morning I was doing a meditations, uh, you know, the, ch the chakra meditation now, and I'm watching a small, tiny bug, right? Uh, as soon as I finished, feeling really good, positive. See a small, tiny bug moving around my feet in confusion, just trying to get around things. And I'm observing it, and there is a bit of kindness to it, and just the, no judgment, just watching it and, you know, just enjoying that feeling. Right? And, but what I noticed was, that the first experience and the second, it's slightly different, you know, verbally, I guess I can't even describe it, but it's night and day. Like the first one was just really out there. And second one is, you know, there's acceptance and just joy, but that's what it is. And as I thought, thought through, you know, why, what's the difference between the two? The only thing I could come up with was when watching today's experience of just, you know, I was seeing a bug as something different, separate, and having empathy towards it and seeing what it's running around in confusion. And in the first experience, it was just this, no, no experience, you can't even call it an experience. It was just there, right? So what got me to that is, is this the ego's way of, you know, using this notion of I'm separate from this other thing and weaving something around it. So you know, I think last time you said something about, you know, mind objectifying joy uh, to try, try to grasp at it. Um, would this be something along those lines that our belief in separation is so intense and so, so ingrained that even in moments of joy, we're still seeing the other person. We're still seeing the other things. And so even though there's no suffering or struggle, but we're still working in duality, right? We're just operating there and, and we're not quite able to get to that oneness feeling. Um, yeah, you know, what, what you described in the first sequence of the spider is the default mode network coming back online. The default mode network is very strong for sure, but it's absolutely uh, not 
impenetrable or invincible by any means. Every single one of us on this call has already begun dissolving that default mode network. That's why you're not still out in the world, gambling, drinking, partying, cussing people out, getting into stupid arguments constantly. You know, most of us, by the time we're here, we've probably transcended a lot of that stuff, which means our default mode network is transcendable, period. But the it, it seems to be stickier the more we move down into the subtler layers because number one, our awareness of our real self becomes stronger as, as the false nature is penetrated, the true nature comes into more light. It actually makes the awareness of the false nature like more insufferable. Whereas before, when we had way less awareness of our true nature, we would put up with these ridiculous illusions uh, much more easily than we do now. Uh, somebody asked me on a call the other day or on like a uh, podcast or something. They said, uh, what is your day-to-day -day life like? Do you, do you suffer? Uh, do you have limiting beliefs come up still? And the answer I tried to give was uh, yes, but not at all like what you probably mean when you're asking that question. Do I, do I suffer from limiting beliefs like um, I'm separate, I'm not enough, I'm unworthy of love? Those things are gone without a trace. But now a limiting belief is like a tiny little fragment of stress that comes in when I remember an uh, uh, email I have to write or respond to or some work-related thing. I'll notice stress about an upcoming interview or something, let's say. And I start catching that going, why is this dictating suffering? Like, I have to do self-inquiry on this belief until it is destroyed because I can't stand to be away from any amount of my peace anymore. So it's like old me would have not even noticed that I felt stressed about an email, but because a lot of the bigger, more obvious things have been worked through and transcended, the little, the little particles of dust floating on the surface still may feel like an abusive relationship or something. You know, it's blown up so big because your commitment to your real self is so big that whatever stands in its way feels insufferable, like unpalatable. And that's actually what we call grace. It is the way that source, uh, almost like rolling downhill, you pick up speed as you go through the enlightenment path because of that painstaking longing to be free from anything that's untrue because you know it's not true, right? It's like, like the belief in Santa Claus, like, if any part of you still believed in Santa Claus, you'd be really embarrassed to admit that to your friends. And you're like, I got to get over this belief in Santa Claus before I go out in public again, man. This is humiliating. It's kind of like that with your ego, with the false nature. You become so convinced that whatever causes me pain is absolutely unreal and is not present and does not exist. Therefore, there's a kind of, I guess we could call it like a holy embarrassment or something that arises in you of like, I'm, I'm gonna transcend this thing today. And one helpful way I can uh, maybe frame this for you is in the kingdom of heaven, uh, I really like this, I don't remember where I heard this uh, from, but there's a framework we can see from that in the kingdom of heaven, there are no nouns, there's only verbs. And that's why everything is eternal and untouchable. So probably the experience you had looking at the spider and having 
the awareness of the one being comes streaming in is that the deeper dimension of you, uh, awareness, had the realization, ah, the source is spidering here. Like it's in the act of experiencing an element of its infinite being, which is the spider. So it's like, ah, spidering is happening. The, the, the self is experiencing spidering. So like if I kill this spider, it does not affect spider in heaven, right? That's an eternal expression of God's being. And so you look around and you just see verbs. God is leafing. God is clouding. God is peopling. And you, oh, wow, it's all activity inside of the divine mind which means all I see is oneness. All I see everywhere I look is the one being knowing itself. When I see it through the noun perspective, it's as if I see separate objects. So the second experience you had of seeing the bug, there may have been some noun consciousness happening there, right? Oh, there's a bug. I'm not a bug. I'm a person. So we're separate. And the, the prior experience was verb consciousness. Spidering is happening in the self, which makes it one with me. It's a part of myself I'm experiencing. Does that distinction kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. Now that you're saying it, the whole using the verb analogy. Let me, let me, let me just quickly replay it back to you. So, yeah, sure. through an example. So, one of the things I was working on this week was, you know, my daughter, usually a pretty good student, but high school friends and Netflix. Um, you know, not turning in homework on time, right? So there's this catalyst, right? Um, okay. The father needs to talk to the daughter and have a conversation that not turning homework on time is not good. I'm getting email alerts from your teacher. And, but then that was clearly the ego and identifying with my role. Um, so, so got that easy, all right? But hang on, I've been doing spiritual work. So wait, Let's just think in terms of souls, right? Okay, so, you know, there's no father, there's no daughter, right? There is an equalness in the being. And so then it's just one soul talking to another soul and with absolute love, no discipline needed, but just talking about, hey, what's going on and with kindness, empathy and all that. And and be, just be there and see how, how I can help. And usually I would have stopped there, right? But the thought occurred that, wait, hang on, this is still duality. I'm still, even I'm, you know, ele elevating that level of thought, but there's still nouns here, as you, as you just said, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. The soul, the soul. So does that need to be even transcended further, saying there is really no people? It's just an, as, as the Course teaches it, an expression of love or a call for love, and just stay focused on that, that, you know, this is the chance for the universe create an expression for communication of help, oneness, whatever it is to talk to your daughter, be, be there, elevate yourself even from the nouns. Is that, am I playing that right? Yeah. And, and through what you're saying, Namesh, you can also see how you can still play the, the father role, father daughter role, and have it be a very sacred experience of the one being, because as you said, there's no daughter noun here. There's daughtering happening, meaning the self is experiencing being a daughter, having a father. And that's a relationship that gives the self data and experience of what I am as God. God is like a father. God is like a mother. God is also like an aunt or an uncle at their highest expression. 
God is also like a son. God is also like a daughter. And so can, if my daughter is, let's say, misbehaving, doing something unloving, and I want to teach her how to be loving, then father discipline is still perfectly adequate and uh, appropriate if you understand that the self is experiencing daughter as an archetype in this being. And so I'm supposed to play the role of the loving father who brings wisdom and compassion. So everything becomes holy and sacred and shines with innocence through verb consciousness. Through noun consciousness, it's all separate. It's a world of separate objects and separate things that we act against or upon and fight with. And, you know, that's, that's the negative path. So, you know, we could boil it down. Positive path, verb consciousness. Negative path, noun consciousness. And, and do you feel that this would be a way, I guess it is, it is a way to kind of heal this belief in separation that we live with every day is just see the act as an expression of, of the source. And Bingo. That's it. Oneness knowing itself. I mean, let's look at it this way. Even if, if you and I were in some heated argument right now, and you said some things that just triggered me beyond belief, and I go away just hating you in my heart and judging you, aren't we still one in that experience? How could you have possibly affected me if we were separate? You know, why do I care what you think? Why do I care what you feel about me? Because we're one. And we just have a distorted belief that we're separate, but it's still acting in the substratum of oneness. You can't change the fact of oneness. We're always connected whether we know it or not. And so if we get in tune with reality as it really is, then it shines with the qualities we call love, peace, bliss, happiness, because that's the nature of oneness. We can definitely distort oneness in our minds and seem to experience something other than oneness. But nevertheless, when we really pull back and look at the experience, it's not possible to have a separated experience. What would that even mean, right? It's not possible. There's, there's not possible that something finite could really exist. Where would it come from? It has to have an infinite source if it's appearing in the finite dream world. So we can chew on that awareness every day until we walk in it and we just lose the ability to see nouns. We just lose the ability to feel separate from anything because like you said, we're actually seeing everything through this understanding that it's an activity inside of God's being happening. Not a separate noun. No, it's an activity. It's an experience of the divine itself. So all I am ever experiencing is the kingdom of God. Can you see that? Yeah, no, no, that's brilliant. Oh my God, that just opens up possibilities because it was, it was a big struggle to how do I move away from the mind stories even in states of normal joy moments, right? And right. This is it, just focus. And I think you said it last week too, just focus on the joy and not what's creating the... the yes. The, and you know, to that question, Namesh, you said, how do I move away from the mind states, you can't move away from them because you're not the mind state. You're not the mind. The mind itself is in a state, but you are awareness, which is never in a state. You're the stateless state, right? So to move out of a mind state as a concession to language is to be aware of what's really true. 
just to be aware of where I really stand. Right? Let, let the mind be in whatever state. And this man, when you guys do this for the first time, it's it's a powerful experience because you actually have the experience. Oh, wow. All this time I've been saying I am pure consciousness. I am awareness. But it, it's not until the moment where the mind's really pissed off and you're getting dragged into it. And then some light in you dawns and goes, wait a minute. Who cares? Let the mind be pissed off. I'm not the mind. I'm awareness. I'm just watching the mind. And you can be totally okay with a mind storm without making it a problem at all because you know your pure consciousness that's not touched by it. That's an experience we all should be striving for of, hey, let the mind be triggered. I welcome it with open arms because all it does is give me the greatest opportunity to see who I really am. And you can see it. If you want to see it, you'll be in that moment of uh, a trigger that happens and you're about to go into it and you go, wait a minute, what does this trigger have to do with me? I'm infinite eternal consciousness. I'm always just watching. And then you may even watch the body start responding in a certain way. And you go, wow, that's definitely not in my real self. That's definitely a distortion of the mind who doesn't know who it is. And so you're not guilty. You're not making it a problem. You're not seeing it as a sin. You're standing in your innocence, in your Christ state. Just a few experiences of doing that. And I promise you, the awareness of that state will never leave you again. It's like once you actually see it to that degree, it's impossible to unsee it. And, and until you get to that point, I guess the key is remembrance. Remembrance of focus on the verb, not the nouns, or remembrance of, and keep practicing them. Keep practicing over and over. This is repetition. That's, that's, that's all it is. It's just have to keep at it. Absolutely. This is the only practice there is, is just be aware of oneness. Always abide in the consciousness of oneness in every moment, especially the challenging moments. Reach inside you for the consciousness of oneness. Can I see how this experience of a heated argument is happening as oneness, in oneness? Nothing else is happening here. Not even the, not even the distortion of the mind is really happening because it's, What's earlier than the distortions is the oneness, right? That's the substratum. That's the background. That's the chalkboard that is being written upon. The chalkboard is real. What is written on the chalkboard gets erased very shortly. So I don't care what state the mind's in. I know who I am, and that's more important to me. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> that's the attitude, man. Yep. Yeah. Man. A lot of work this weekend now. <laughs> You're doing good work, or, or brother. No work. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, Dimash. Love your questions.